0: How sensitive should we be to sin? And what about to sinners? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachless Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. We are up to the Torah portion of Shoftim, which contains within it elements of war, elements of preparing for war and elements of the draft for preparing for war and elements of the dismissal from that draft for different categories. The Kohen calls out to the assembled potential army and declares that people who meet certain criteria are to be dismissed. Those include people who've newly developed a home, newly started a marriage, newly cultivated a vineyard, and have not been able to take advantage and their minds are very likely to be somewhere other than the battlefield. They are dismissed from the from this entire draft, but the commentaries indicate that this is somewhat of a cover up. Our sending these people away from the battle is to mask the fact that there's another category of people that we're sending home and that they not be embarrassed and when they leave they're all part of this crowd that are dissipating and uh, heading home and nobody knows about this fourth category. the fourth category are those who are Yarekhalevov sounds like Scaredy cats. But the Talmud explains it's not that they're simply scared of war. But yorei v'rach are me'averos shabiyado. They are worried, they are frightened due to the sins that they have on their record. They are concerned that they are spiritually deficient, not going to be spiritually in tune with God, and deserving of his protection. They are sent home from the battle. Now, interestingly, we have somewhat of a balance over here. The Talmud says even if the threshold, fairly low threshold as far as what type of sin, we're not talking here about a, God forbid, a mass murderer, dealing with individuals, as the Talmud describes, could have some very subtle spiritual failures. But they have those failures, have not corrected them, and apparently, in this moment, can't do the requisite teshuva to be able to simply erase that from their chart. We know that teshuva, we start talking about that a lot this time of year, is able to eliminate the negative. It actually can convert the negative into positive when that teshuva is intense, it is real, and is coming from a place of love of Hashem. But These individuals are at a point that they have some type of spiritual failure that they can't reverse. They can't get themselves to the tshuva, or the tshuva is going to be simply out of the fright and not due to the full appreciation of their relationship with Hashem. It's not going to convert the negative into a positive energy. There could be still traces of the negative they are worried about that, and that, the Talmud understands, is a legitimate concern. You've got sin on your chart. You shouldn't be here. In fact, we don't want you here. The others, for the sake of the rest of the military, we want you out of here, but we want to protect your honor. And out of it vivid, that's why you're leaving the scene. So we dismiss others as well. We reduce the size of the army, potentially significantly, so as to not embarrass these individuals who, through their very own fault, are not good candidates to be part of this spiritually hopefully spiritually protected and spiritually guided military campaign, we protect their honor, their dignity be preserved by sending others home as well. There's a parallel to this, in the bringing of the sin offering in the temple, the chattas, which is a sin offering, is specifically slaughtered at the same location as the ola, as the burnt offering, even though some of the other processing is going to be different and potentially noticeable, but that's over there on the altar, That's not noticeable when standing near the processing of the various offerings down on the ground. And we put it in the same territory as the burnt offering, so nobody knows that, oh, that's why he's here in the temple. He's got to bring a sin offering. Ah, what what did he do wrong? Remember, the one who did a sin offering, who's bringing this carbon chattas, it has to be a sin that was inadvertent. If it was a purposeful sin, you can't correct it with a sin offering, it definitely requires teshuva, requires immense you know, aspects of reconnecting with Hashem, but it's not going to be through this offering. This offering is for somebody who, in a pretty serious area of Torah, inadvertently transgressed. So the level of embarrassment, okay, like he wasn't even really trying to do anything defiant of God, but ultimately, due to some error. Messed up, woke up Yom Kippur morning, had breakfast, and then, uh uh-oh, hadn't noticed the calendar. That type of a situation, he brings the sin offering. We protect that person's dignity by having the processing somewhat masked, that it's not so vivid, that this isn't another gift offering or thank you offering to God. And so to an Araparsha in this context of the individual who's Yarei Varach Levav, he's timid about going to battle because he should be timid about going into battle because he has a sin on his chart. We protect his dignity by sending others home as well. We see both the sensitivity to sin, the reality of sin, and the spiritual hazard of having sin, and how that can be something that is going to reduce the potential for success in this. Military situation threatens the individual, could be threatening the entire populace because of the fact that there are those who have this sin on their chart, sensitive to that, and sensitive to the sinner. We want to see to it that his dignity is preserved and it is not evident as to why he is leaving that scene. On this topic of the military situation where we send these individuals home and we send this uh, sinner who can't get his act together at home as well, is worth noting a fascinating perspective that is shared by some of the commentaries. That, as a general rule, they are going to be sinners. And not only that, as a general rule, that pool of sinners is going to be the entire military. Because the Talmud tells us that there's Ein Sadiq Baaretz, There's no righteous individual, who only does good and never sins. As a rule, now the Talmud does discuss some very, very, very rare individuals who are exceptions to this. But as a rule, we expect that individuals will have some type of a spiritual demerit. So ultimately, we could be dismissing the entire populace. Well, number one, the text didn't say anybody who has a sin. And even the interpretation of the Talmud, when it says Yarei Leva, the person who's afraid, it didn't say because he sinned, but rather Hamis Yarei Me'avero shabiyado. It's on his conscience. He's worried about it. He's thinking about it. And some understand, a work called Mile de Mornechai, quoted in the Shalal Rav, and the Quetzal Shalal Rav, understands that this individual isn't putting the scales into their proper balance. And he isn't recognizing another truth about the military situation. The Kohen opened his words with the Shema Yisrael. Now he didn't say the Shema Yisrael, we're familiar with. But Shema Yisrael, listen, O Israel, you gathered members of Israel preparing for this battle. And then he made his speech, but the Shema Yisrael that the Kohen said, Rashi references the Talmud's interpretation, links us to our more common Shema Yisrael. And listen, Israel, think about the Shema Yisrael. If you are people who say the Shema Yisrael, that very basic phrase, and that's your Torah study for the day, just that very simple Shema Yisrael, if you at least have that merit, you've got the power. You have Hashem on your side. Well, wait a minute, which is it? Is it that even a very, very small merit puts you over the top and you're protected? Or is it that the smallest demerit destroys you? So he explains that somewhat of a balance over here. Ultimately, as long as we have some merit, God is with us. Because those we are fighting don't have even that merit. Those we are fighting, there's a reason we're fighting them. They're the idolatrous, evil societies that we were dealing with at that period of, of history. Or whichever group it is that are defiant of what it is that God wants from mankind, and we are fighting them, as long as we've got that Shema Yisrael merit, we're okay. And we should be recognizing that, we should be feeling our relationship with Hashem is something that gives us the potential to overcome and battle against anybody who lacks that relationship, or does the antithesis of that, and rejects that relationship. But if the person is letting his spiritual demerit put him in a state of concern. It's not just he has a spiritual demerit, but he's afraid of that demerit. His yare v'rach leivav. He's misiary. He's concerned. He's anxious about the fact that his spiritual demerit. That means he's forgetting about what it means to be a Shema Yisrael personality. He's forgetting what it means that Hashem is with those who are connected with Him, and as such. He's not in a spiritually healthy place. And that person must be dismissed from this military collection. Again, the fact he's not going to have his personal protection and he puts others at risk. Which means that ultimately, when going towards this situation of battle and the various battles of life and the various situations where we find ourselves at this crossroads and... Is God with me? Is God not with me? We have to be super conscious of the fact that Shema Yisrael, we have a capacity to have a connection with Hashem, and even tiny doses of Torah can give us connectivity. Bonding with God through Torah, bonding with God through prayer, give us connectivity. At the same time, what it takes to have a spiritual demerit are even the very subtle spiritual demerits, because everything is of consequence. But we should be, like, top-heavy with that sense of what it means that we are Shema Yisra'el Yisra'els. We are the Yisra'els who declare that Shema Yisra'el, we're in sync with God. We're the Yisra'els who God has given us the gift of connectivity and the gift of his Torah and the gift of the opportunities of bonding with him and pulling him into our lives and pulling our lives closer to him. When having that attitude, that we don't look at our sins with a perspective of, this is going to destroy me, this is going to deflate me, this is going to depress me. But rather, that's something that I must correct. That's something that I must overcome. That's something that I must work on. I've got a Rosh Hashanah coming up that reminds me that I matter enough that God is going to judge me. My actions are going to be perceived by God. My words are going to be measured by God. My thoughts are going to be evaluated by God because I am so important that he's paying that type of super keen attention to me. With that attitude, the failures are failures and they're huge. The smallest of failures are significant, but they're not overwhelming and then my task is to do that tshuva, and a tshuva out of love of God, and a tshuva out of appreciation for what it means to be able to be close to God, which can hopefully then give me the capacity to do that proper tshuva, that it wouldn't be the type of personality that had to be dismissed from that battle zone. So sensitive to sins, yes. Depressed by sins, no. Sensitive to sinners, yes. Wait a minute. He's the sinner. He's bringing that sin offering. He's a sinner. He's the one who's not even able to be in tune to that Shema Yisrael merit, and he's recognizing truthfully that his spiritual demerits, but yet our task, that's his relationship with God, my job is to mask that and not have that be known, not draw extra attention and bring him embarrassment or shame. Having that attitude, that recognition, that others deserve to be respected, They deserve that I do all that I can to not bring them embarrassment, and that's even true of this individual who right now is being deemed a spiritual failure. All the more so those who are not deemed that way. That sensitivity to the sinner and to everybody else can help make us the type of people who have the godly personality of caring positively about Each of his children, or in our situation, each of our peers, each of those in our social circles, each of those in our surrounding environments, and as far as our own selves, as we look internally, being aware, each of those spiritual demerits have to be corrected. They are something that is meaningful, something that is important to, to overcome, but not something that is going to knock me out, and give me that blow that makes it impossible for you to stand up and aspire to the relationship that the Shema Yisrael connectivity can allow me to have. Having those themes in mind can allow us to be more respectful, more caring, more properly attentive to all of those with whom we interface, and certainly more likely to avoid doing anything that is in any way damaging, emotionally, Certainly, forget about physically and financially, but even on the subtle emotional levels, not do anything that is taunting the other individual. Rather, help build those individuals up, help build ourselves up, and become the type of people who'll be far more likely to achieve Eretachlis.